Hi, good morning, beloved of God. For whatever reason you're awake at this early hour, arise, warrior. Suit up in your spiritual armor. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. O mighty man of valor, there is no one who loves or cares for you more, no one who wants to see you succeed more, and there isn't anyone who knows you better. What greater love is there? Father, teach us to walk in the truth that greater are you who is in us than he who is in the world. We as a people do not grasp the he who is in the world. Give us a spirit of wisdom, revelation, and knowledge of who Jesus Christ really is so the eyes of our understanding may be enlightened that we begin to understand who we are greater than in you. Teach us to search your word to understand whom we are called to take dominion over. Open our eyes to the spiritual realm where our enemy lurks, seeking to devour those who dwell on the earth. With the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, I bind every principality, power, assignment, attachment, oppression, and infirmity on everyone whom is listening to this broadcast. I command in the name of Jesus that you be bound and silenced, and in Jesus' name, I take authority over the airwaves for the kingdom of God. Lord God in heaven, release your angels to set your people free. Bind up the brokenhearted and give hope and comfort to your people. In Jesus' name, fortify our walls and deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I've been asking you over the last several broadcasts if you've ever read the book of Revelation. I know it sounds like a silly question if it is part of the New Testament that you read, but there are so many who have answered that question with, no, it's too hard to understand, that it's scary, that they don't really even read the Bible, or they rely on the ministers to give them teaching from the Bible. Have you ever used one of these excuses yourself? The Apocalypse is part of the Bible, the book of Revelation. It's a revelation of Jesus Christ to his church. I had written a letter to a local pastor, and I made reference to the seven churches in the opening of the letter. And I felt led even compelled to look more closely at exactly what was written in that book. After all, even these churches were addressed at the time of John when he wrote the book of Revelation. They are still equally addressed at the time of the fulfillment of the Revelation. I've heard it said that they are the condition of the church at the time when John wrote this book, and that's obvious. I've also learned it is condition of the church throughout history. That might be so too, but it is addressed to each of the seven churches with consequences at the time of the revelation of Jesus. I felt the Lord direct me to seek out what he's revealing to me through these passages. So listen to a few of the podcasts to catch up with this series, but I will review 
Jesus says of himself in his address to the angels of the seven churches that he holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks in the midst of the seven candlesticks. What does that seven stars and seven candlesticks represent? Well, we don't have to guess or interpret because the question is answered in Revelation one twenty. This is the mystery of the seven stars which thou saw in my right hand and the seven golden candlesticks. The seven stars are the seven angels of the churches and the seven candlesticks which thou saw are the seven churches. He said he was the first and the last, that he was dead and is alive, that he is a sharp two-edged sword and that he is the son of God who has eyes like a flame of fire and feet like fine burnished brass. He has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. He's holy and true and has the key of David that he opens and no man can shut, and he shuts and no man can open. He's the amen, the faithful and the true witness, the beginning of creation, These are expressions of himself found in other passages of the Bible. They are consolidated in the descriptions to the seven churches, so it isn't worthless to pursue more deeply why he has revealed himself by these definitions. There is imagery, attitudes, and practices in the names of the seven churches in this book. I expounded on them on previous broadcasts, so you can listen. They each have meaning. Their names help define what each church was and is like. There are multiple levels of interpretation and revelation. He doesn't just mince words. There's deeper meaning in everything that he says. When we find these truths buried in in the narrative, it prompts us to seek and to search. It keeps the Bible fresh and new for generation after generation. And what's important to note is he says he walks in the midst of the candlesticks in the churches. That means he's walking among us in our church services. There are attitudes and practices attributed to the seven churches, so let me share them with you. Some of these attitudes, our practices, are highlighted. Pergamus and Thyatira were infested with satanic activity and doctrines of demons. I went into detail on that on the last broadcast. Ephesus, Sardis, and Laodicea were rebuked for their true heart attitude toward God, leaving their first love, being known as alive but really dead, and being lukewarm. So how do you relate to your true heart attitude toward God? toward God. Is he your first love? Are you as on fire for him as you were when you first really believed and when you repented of your sinful life? Did you truly entrust your salvation to Jesus's finished work on the cross rather than your good works that are referred to in Isaiah 64, 6 that states we are all as an unclean thing and all of our righteousness is as filthy rags? Some were known as alive but were dead. They had the works, appearance, Christian lingo down pat, but God saw, sees, 
the attitude of the heart, and he wasn't, isn't pleased. Has the church fallen into a place that the good people in it do all the things that look like they are serving the Lord, but are really serving in some way themselves, or those they want approval or the acclamation from, or just self-satisfaction? We are to judge ourselves, lest we be judged, as 1 Corinthians 11.31 states. Hebrews 4.12 tells us that the Word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit, of both joints and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. There's that two-edged sword that Jesus refers to himself as several times in the first few chapters of Revelation. And then it goes on in Hebrews 4.13, Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before the eyes, and he is the one to whom we are accountable. I will go into more on the attributes of the church and what the Spirit is saying to the angels of those churches on the next broadcast because I believe it is important for us to learn what the Spirit of God is saying to the church in modernity of which we are part. Think about the scripture in Hebrews 4.13 that everything will be laid bare, naked, exposed before his eyes the one with whom we are accountable. You can put on a good face and make everyone think that you're wonderful and hide your sin from everyone on this earth, but not from God. That's a very heavy statement to make. Lord God in heaven, help us to understand what the Spirit is saying to the church today. Help us to examine our thoughts intentions, works, and hearts, so that we may be worthy disciples and friends of the living Lord and Savior, Jesus. Prepare us for the time of revelation of Jesus, your only begotten Son. Give us the impetus to read and to interpret the books and provide the blessing that you offer for reading and listening to this end-of-the-age account of Jesus' return and rule. Let the truth inspire us to search out the greater message that you have for us in this book of Revelation. Let our hearts not faint nor fear, but strengthen us in the power of the Holy Spirit to increase our boldness in this world that is passing away. Lord God, visit your people who are suffering Convict us to repent of our sinful lives. Deliver us from the oppression of the enemy and the oppression of living a lie. Break off the generational iniquity that Exodus 20, 34, Numbers 14, and Deuteronomy 5 says, which visits unto the third and fourth generation. Set our children free from those sins of our fathers and our forefathers. Give us the strength to move forward in your peace, prosperity, love, and forgiveness. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Lord God, be with your people tonight. 
be with your people as they wrestle through the issues of their lives that are keeping them from serving you with their whole heart. Good night, my friend. Rest in the love and peace of Jesus Christ.